All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Hey, guys, before we start sharing new episodes of Hypochondriactor with you next week, We'd like to share a blast from the past, a hit for the holidays, a real ringer to ring in the new year, a favorite episode for our favorite listeners. Please enjoy our episode with Conan O'Brien, guys, and have a great, great, great 2023. See you next week. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Hi, Priyanka. Welcome, welcome. Please step into my office. Oh, Sean. yes, I like it. <laughs> oh, um, my goodness. <laughs> so, wait, you were telling me you're going to Oklahoma. So. Yeah, I'm going to Oklahoma in a couple days to perform for some doctors' stand-up comedy. It's going to be a All private right. event there. All right, let's just start there. How are they as an audience, doctors? It depends. They can yeah. be very hit or miss. Yeah. I have performed for doctors that... I think we're in amidst nervous breakdowns. So they found me to be hilarious. <laughs> okay, good. But sometimes they can be very tight. So it really depends on the demographic. Yeah. I once performed for Indian doctors yeah. and the doctors were kind of eh, but their partners. Loved it. A lot of these stay-at-home moms, uh-huh. they were dying. Oh, look at that. Isn't I that great? I didn't realize that old Indian aunties were my demographic, <laughs> but they were like coming up to me in the bathroom to be giving me compliments. They're just as much of heroes as the doctors are. Oh, more so. Yeah, Because then they sure. have to have all this patience. All right, so I want to ask you a couple of things. Wait, are we going to plug our guest first? Before- oh, yes. Conan O'Brien's Conan on the O'Brien. show today. I just have to say, Sean, I think you should know this. When I was in high school, I looked up to Conan. It's the only so way you can look at him. Much. Well, literally, yes, because he's so yeah. freaking tall. But I remember very clearly when I was in high school, I said to myself, I'm going to apply to Harvard <gasps> and get into Harvard just like Conan, and then I'm going to write for the Harvard Lampoon. Yeah. And I'm going to follow his career trajectory yeah. and end up in entertainment just like Conan. That is how much I was obsessed with him. And then you mean cutting people up, but in a different <laughs> way. Do you see I'd what I'm saying? I'd be killing in a very different way. And of course, I didn't get into Harvard, was crushed and literally told myself, okay, well, let's close that chapter. Uh And I guess I'll consider the medicine thing. It worked out pretty good. It worked out fine. I went to USC. I got a full ride there and it was great. But I looked up to him so much. I mean, this is- Me too. I love his brain. He's so witty. He's so quick. He's so funny and such a lovely man. I I can't wait for you to meet him. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. I want to talk about just the other day, I just have to say this. William Shatner was the oldest person to ever go into space. And I don't know if you watched oh, it. I didn't if you're even into know that. he went oh, to space. William Shatner went to fucking space. It's crazy. We should go to space. Yeah, why? Too. we should do the podcast from space. I'm just scared about the conditions. How do you think you would do in space after, to, after we interviewed Jessica? I just think it would not go well with my body. You don't hang out there. You go up there. You, you hang out for like a minute or two and then you come back down. Right. Yeah. That seems just really stressful. I don't know. No. Do you think you would like hanging out Absolutely. in space? Absolutely. 
I want to go today. Well, how about this? He landed, and right when he landed and the little pod opened up and he walked out, uh-huh. he said, he broke down in, in tears. He's like, everybody needs to experience what really? I just experienced. Yeah. Oh, that's so moving. He said it was incredible. And he was crying, yeah. Did you read that article? They once interviewed astronauts that had seen the Earth from space, and they each talk about the moment in their lives where their entire perception of humans and the human condition completely changed. Yeah. They're really moving quotes where they talk about they saw space and all of a sudden there weren't countries anymore. Right. There weren't different races or ethnicity. It was just human beings. We were one. And I get chills just saying that because it's such a powerful concept. Yes, and we wish all world leaders would go up to space and have that same feeling. You know, I think all world leaders should go up to space and all be in therapy. Yeah. That should be requisite. <laughs> they should do therapy while they're in space. Yeah. yeah. And space we, they therapy. Sh- we could do the therapy for, we could be their therapist for them. So right, strange. we'll have hypo broadcasting in space. Yes. Excuse me, Mr. Putin, why are you so angry? No, I don't know. Now let's talk about other people's problems with our caller. Yes. Hi, Sean and Dr. Wally. My name is Lori. I live in Central Texas. Uh, My story is about Lyme disease. 13 years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night. I thought I had a horrible flu, high fever, body aches, and my heart went into a funny rhythm. Went to the doctor the next morning. She said it was most likely a flu and it will pass. It didn't pass. I moved on to another doctor who ran every test imaginable, and we did not find anything, but he was able to treat my symptoms for a couple of years until his family moved away. Mm-hmm. My next doctor diagnosed me with fibromyalgia and a personality disorder. What? I moved on from him. The next doctor I saw was the infectious disease specialist for our area in Texas, and he diagnosed me with physical exertion intolerance syndrome because, mm-hmm. in his opinion, Lyme disease doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So I sent my blood off to a non-CDC-sanctioned lab and found out I did indeed have Lyme disease. Mm. I've tried hundreds of different treatments. Nothing has worked except for bee venom therapy. So three days a week, I sting myself along the spine where Lyme disease is centrally located. I sting myself three to five times with bees. And it is the most powerful anti-inflammatory and pain treatment that I have done. So I will continue to do a bee venom therapy for several years, and it might actually cure me. That's to be determined yet. But thank you so much for listening, and I love the podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Oh, my wow. gosh. Lori, that's cr- I've never heard of anything Lori, so crazy Lori, in my life. Lori. She wow. gets stung on purpose by bees. What an interesting narrative. Yeah. What if, like, the bees aren't feeling it and they don't want to sting you that day? I mean, yeah. What if they're being difficult? Thank you. I knew I was waiting for it to erupt. <laughs> Wait, have you ever heard of such a thing? I know very little about bee venom therapy. I've heard about it. Whispers, literally whispers. I've, you know, have spent zero time reading or doing anything Uh about it. But what is fascinating about her story is this is the story of so many individuals here in the United States. Yes, yes. People who have been suffering with symptoms going after provider after provider after provider for answers and mm-hmm. then eventually if they're lucky finding the answers that they need but she said she mentioned something about the last one that finally diagnosed her they did a blood test I was like why wouldn't you start there 
You know, there's a lot of controversy behind whether chronic Lyme is a real thing in the medical community. And um, it's sad because I think it's really important to honor people's experiences of what they're feeling. Right. Isn't that Um, what Alec Baldwin had? Didn't he come on? Yeah, yeah. Was that Lyme? Yeah. Yeah, We talked to him for like an hour, Sean. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Alec had Lyme several times, about three times. Yeah. Yeah. And from my perspective... If it's not causing harm, I'm a, I'm supportive of these types of treatments and therapies. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. obviously it's sad that we've gotten to a point in medicine where we would rather diagnose someone with a personality disorder than honor their experience. Yeah. I, I think that's really disappointing, right? And I think when when it comes time to diagnosing someone and literally pointing a finger of a diagnosis with them, I think it's important for us medical providers to first point the fingers at ourselves and ask ourselves, am I making this diagnosis because I have no idea what the fuck is going on? Uh Or is it because I genuinely think this is the best thing for the patient? Let me ask you something. It's interesting that you brought that up. Do you feel pressure? Do you think your, your peers feel pressure and your colleagues in the medical world feel a certain pressure to get a diagnosis right or, you know, do it right the first time because people are jerks and they'll be like, what were you thinking? I'm that you were wrong. You know, all the kind of backlash that can come with a wrong diagnosis. So I can't speak on behalf of the medical community and that's certainly not my place. I can only speak about my experience, but Mm -hmm. I can tell you that the way I was trained in the medical system, you are basically worked to the point where you need to know the answers. In fact, mm-hmm. in medicine, there's this phenomenon. It's They call it colloquially pimping. And mm-hmm. in the system, you have an attending physician who's the top guy, and then you have the residents and the intern. Mm-hmm. And the attending is supposed to pimp the residents. And what that means mm-hmm. is they ask the resident question after question until they get a question wrong. Mm-hmm. Do they walk with a fur coat and a cane? Practically, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it gets, it bumps the stethoscope. It's super awkward, <laughs> you know? Bet. And that system is designed to basically continue to push and pressure you until you get get something wrong. You're Mm -hmm. you're supposed to answer the questions until you don't know something. And so residents that are stellar residents are the ones that can handle that system, the stress of that system quite well. But I think it goes back to this idea that not knowing the answer, telling a patient, I don't know, it requires a degree of vulnerability amongst the physician. And I don't necessarily think the medical system teaches doctors to truly be vulnerable. Yeah, I learned it from my sister a long time ago that it's so powerful to say, I don't know. And I think people are so afraid to feel dumb or like they're going to be made fun of. But if you present it and just say, you know what? I don't know that answer. I don't know what that word is. I don't know what you mean. Can you please explain? I don't know why people think that's bad or less than or a sign of weakness or a sign of less intelligence. It It's the opposite. It's the craving for more knowledge. And you shouldn't be apprehensive about that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this falls into the concept of patriarchal colonial institutions where there's a po- mm. power hierarchy. Took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) You know, this idea that there's the patient and the patient is the one that is sick and ill and needs fixing. And Uh this quote unquote godlike figure, which is the physician, is the only one that is authorized to know what's best for the patient or to make the best decisions for the patient. I mean, this goes back to the patriarchy, which is capitalizing off of people's vulnerabilities. And so- 
I'm gonna next time I go to my doctor, I say, "No, you're crazy." No, <laughs> but I don't know. It gets kind of heavy, but you know, I'm just glad she got the treatment, Lori. I'm glad you got the treatment that you needed for yourself. Yeah, you know, that's Lori, what matters at the end of the day. How are you feeling? Do you feel better? And if the answer is yes, then good on you. I want to know more about those bees. Like, does she make friends with them? Is it the same bees every time? Is oh, it different yeah. bees that sting her back? And like, I know. And then does she eat a little bit of the honey while she's getting the treatments? Yeah, well, that's a perfect scenario. <laughs> anyway, super, super interesting. Very interesting. Thank you so much for calling. And a continued thank you to everyone who's called in and told their story. Yes, yes. The phone line is still open if you would like to leave us a message. 323-529-6031. 323-529-6031. Leave us a message. In the meantime, let's get to our guest. Look at this guy. Our guest today needs no introduction because everywhere he goes, he introduces himself. <laughs> anyway, you know him from all over late night television. He has hosted every single episode of television since its inception in 1928. He also has his own podcast where he tries to make new friends. I don't know how that is a problem since he actually is a wonderful, hilarious, and kind human. Please welcome my dear friend, Conan Abrian. Did I say that right? <laughs> it's, well, it's Conan close. Conan it's, it's Conan and then just mm. O'Brien. That's, that's what I said, Conan Abrian. Well, I'm happy to meet you, Conan. Oh, Conan, <laughs> uh, this is Dr. Priyanka Wally. It's so nice to meet you. You seem so much more pleasant than Sean. <laughs> Sean, uh -huh. he's, a bit of, he's a bit abrasive, you know. Uh, he's an acquired taste, but you are lovely right away, and I oh, appreciate thank you, that. Conan. That's so sweet. Some of your drapes are closed, some are open, kind of yeah. like Miss Havisham lives there. Yes, this yeah. is. these ones are closed, and then those are the ones I peer out at <laughs> because oh, okay. I haven't left my home mm -hmm. In over eight years. Yeah, it's, I get it. It has nothing to do with COVID. No, it's all green screen. So now uh, Conan, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is super, super popular. I've listened to it. It's really, really fun. I've actually listened to my episode a few times just because it's probably the best one, I think. It is. You know, I've asked, we did a poll among yeah. all of uh -huh. our listeners Mm -hmm. And uh, you weren't in even in the top 20, but, right, but I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you were hilarious. You're absolutely hilarious. But listen, I I'm going to ask you a question that you probably get asked all the time. Mm -hmm. You literally have done so many shows and so many interviews over the years. And then you have a podcast and you're interviewing more people, more people. And I'm following your footsteps and you think I'm joking, but I actually look to you to see what a good host does, how the good host acts, mm. what you, you, how you pay attention, how interested you are, how witty you are. You're so unbelievably quick. Lines, yeah. And so, and I just admire that about you. But at some point, are you tired of talking to people and asking questions? Yeah, it hit me just before this podcast. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I've had enough. That yeah, this yeah. is... <laughs> And then slam. If I have to talk to Sean Hayes one more time, and then my Believe people me. said, listen, Priyanka will be there. And I'm like, well, tell me more yeah. about Priyanka. And then yeah. I was back in. Yeah. Then I was yeah. back in. See, Sean, I told you. The key uh, to me is not faking it, meaning I really yes. do try to talk to people. And you're a curious, interested individual. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to fake it. And so one of the things that I'm really enjoying lately is I started just talking to regular people on the podcast. Oh, God. Uh, 
What oh, was that like? I'm, that's like what civilians? I civilians? Just regular right. people, you know? We started talking to people, and what I love about it is I love that it's just exercising that part of me that I am curious about people. Yes. Yeah. And, and Sean, you have this too. You ask a lot of questions, sometimes yeah. You don't even listen to the answer, but you no. do ask a lot of questions. <laughs> that gets me going. I just like to know what people are up to. Yes. And so I think that's the part that has sustained me through all these years that is that I really, you know, uh, do want to know. I actually want to know. Isn't it the truth that sometimes, maybe more than often, these quote, regular people that you said you're going to be, you're starting to talk to kind of sometimes are a little more interesting than people who are established in the world in any kind of job. Why, that's sacrilegious. No. Yeah. <laughs> Conan, I'm so curious when you are interviewing people, what is going on in your body versus your mind? For I example, can tell you. Oh, really? I can, tell you, I can tell you what's going through his body. He is losing water <laughs> by the ounce, by the minute. He's also, he's probably soiling himself in some capacity. The, yeah, the, the yeah. reason I ask is because the, the act of listening is a very active process that you really, if you're doing it correctly, you're listening with your entire body. And so I'm curious when you're actually listening to people, are you already formulating the next question in your mind or are you really just present with them and then you think of what to ask them? He's falling asleep right now. <laughs> no, I didn't. I honestly, Branka, I didn't get any of that. I, uh, <laughs> but, I, but you know, but I, but no, but I will say, this I will say that there's simple rules as there are with anything, but you really do lock eyes with people, and I think right before you go in for the kiss. Oh, see, well, that's the other thing. That's what makes Sean such a great interviewer. Yeah, <laughs> is that he uh, interrupts uh, yeah, sorry, this, sorry. the 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 person's answer. Uh-huh. But no, I ju- I really do think that looking at people and also kind of I mean all those years on the talk show, I liked that I was that close to them because. It's, it actually is physical proximity that helps. So, yeah, looking uh, them in the eye and all that. Yeah. yeah, look them in the eye and and I don't know what's going on with my body. I am very not in touch with my body and Got I'm not it. even kidding. I was raised to be a very ashamed of my body. And then later <laughs> a doctor told me I had good reason to be ashamed of my body. <laughs> and I, so I don't, I'm not connected to my body that much as much as so many people I meet who know how to breathe. And yeah, I don't know that. It's stuff. all, it's all nonsense. Okay, now listen, got it. what do you do Conan, when you drive to work and you're not feeling well, or you're just not feeling into it, and you're just kind of like maybe a little LGD, which is low grade depression, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to turn it on. Like, how do yeah. you find it? Cocaine. Excellent. Uh, uh, Excellent. Cocaine is gone out of favor. I mean, hang on one second. Should... I'm just write this down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is a true story. I've never done cocaine in my life, but I did see a doctor once who, and it was the first time I was seeing this doctor. And he was just doing a general checkup and it was way back in the New York days. And he was going through all of his questions about this and that and my health history, cause he didn't know me at all. And then he said, mm-hmm. okay, and drug use. And I say, no, nothing. And he went, well, but you have, you should be honest with me. And I kept saying, no, I, I've yeah. never really done drugs. I've tried, you know, pot a couple of times, yeah. but it doesn't really do anything for me. I've never done anything else. And he said, you know, this only really works if you're honest with me. Oh, jeez. And I was like, I'm telling you. And he said, I've seen you on TV. And he was under the impression that I did oh, coke wow. because of the way I acted on television. you had energy. Oh, wow. and I, but I've always had- Wow. <laughs> I was both, I didn't know whether to be offended 
which I think I should have been, but also- Yes, that's very offensive. It is yes. offensive, but there was part of me that, and I don't know how to, what to, to attribute this to, but Sean, I think you have this too. Mm-hmm. We have that syndrome where we don't feel well, we don't wanna do it. We walk into a room and there's an audience there. Someone could shoot you through the chest twice yeah. Yeah. with a 38 caliber bullets. Uh-huh. You will make those people happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you will, and if you're getting laughs, it's you true. won't even bleed. Then yeah. you'll mm-hmm. walk off stage and you'll collapse and, and be rushed mm-hmm. to the hospital. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I have that and, and I know for a fact that, that Sean has that. If it's required and it's not like it's only us, there are people that have that. We're getting laughs get out of the way. Yeah, but you don't understand your bone is coming. You have a compound fracture. The bone is coming through your skin. Oh, right, right, right. And we're like, shut up. This is a great crowd. I could do yeah. 10 more minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now tell me, what is the number of people in the crowd where that doesn't happen? Is there a threshold? Is there like, if it's down to like five people, I just need three to five people. Yes. I'm, I'm, it's shockingly low. It's shockingly <laughs> I low. I love performing for small crowds. Yeah, right? Yeah. The thing is that what you're describing, Conan, it sounds exhausting and it doesn't sound sustainable. Yet you've you did it for years and years and years yeah, yeah. and years. So what there had was it really the laughs that kept kept you re-energized? What was it that kept you going? No, I would say mostly it's I love it. I really do love it. Uh-huh. I really like making people laugh. And my wife would tell you, I mean, I've seen it with you, Sean, where we've been out to dinner. And we'll go out in the we'll go out in the parking lot, and we're doing bits for each other. Yeah, for for a long time. Yeah, we're literally we yeah. will go. We the two of us t- when we're together can do bits. Now, is it weird that is it weird that Liza actually called me and she's living here now just for a stint, <laughs> <laughs> just for a small stint? I don't think I think it's weird that she called you and she had mascara that had all run down because of her tears. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, um, I can't stand the clown. The clown doesn't sleep. Uh, so don't wake the clown. The clown, the redheaded clown doesn't sleep. Uh, yeah, it is crazy that I don't think either of us, Sean, needs much. I think no. if there was a ventriloquist dummy in the room and we thought it was smiling, we would both do 20 minutes. Absolutely. To try and make this inanimate doll laugh. Uh, Team Coco is your company and you've done so many successful things. You're always creating stuff over there. What are you excited about that's coming up that you can talk about? Well, we just launched, which I'm, which I really like this uh, Parks and Rec show where they talk down Parks and Recreation and- uh, A rewatch kind of show? Yeah, like a rewatch show. And that's a show that has a real crazy following. So- that's great. I'm happy about that. And people from the cast doing it? Yeah, or? it'd be funny if no one from the cast would <laughs> yeah. do it. And they were, they were actively, right. no, right. we got the participation of, you know, obviously Rob Lowe is, is, the, is sort yeah. of the, the ringleader and mm. uh, he's doing it with one of the original writers of the show and it feels really good. And so, so far we've been very excited about that. That's cool. And then we, and then we have, did we just have a backlog of ideas we're working on Mm-hmm. We've been working with JB Smoove. He's who so came funny. out with something who's really funny, and he does a podcast which is a daily affirmation, which of course degenerates quickly into just complete foolishness. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, and so there's a bunch of things that I mean, I I just enjoy tinkering. Yeah, and yeah. and making things, and I love being around funny people. Yeah. We're in this nice world now. In the old days, if you stepped away from late night, it meant you kind of had to disappear. 
Mm-hmm. Like he's gone. Mm-hmm. He left late night yeah. and he was never seen again. Carson kind of started that. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, yeah, that's not me. I just like to make stuff. I don't want to do this night to night thing anymore. And I don't think it's necessary because there's 700 late night shows, but I definitely want to keep making things. And if people are interested, I hope they enjoy it. But I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But when people say, how are you enjoying your retirement? I think, uh, oh, you just don't fundamentally understand who I right. am. <laughs> right, right. Well, I hope you never do because we need you. Yeah, you're so brilliant and funny. Yeah. I really mean that. You know, I'm obsessed with medical stuff. That's why we're doing this podcast. So I'm so appreciate you coming on and being willing to talk about something we actually touched on your podcast when I was a guest. So now we get to get to the nitty gritty of it. It's shingles, which mm-hmm. I still don't know what it is, Priyanka. What are shingles? How do they happen? And then it was on as on your freaking eye. Yeah. Like, go to town, Priyanka. So if I understand the facts correctly, you had ocular shingles, isn't that correct? You yes. had shingles on your face and near the eye. I'll, I'll lay out what happened. Uh, the year was 19, I think it was 1987. I was a very young lad. I would have been about 23. Okay. And I was living out here uh, in Los Angeles in a $380 a month apartment. Oh my God. Uh, wow. On, on Cochrane Street. It was a mm. ground floor. We used to call that Cochrane, right? You know what? That's not helping. No, I'm just saying. Didn't no, you? No. Uh, you know, no. I, oh, no, no. Okay. No, I didn't call it that. And I think, <laughs> you know, some of this has to be trust. I'm opening up to you about a very painful <laughs> That's experience. True, okay, Sean. Sorry. Let's and, create and, a safe right. space Sean, for you, Conan. You come at me with Cochrane? That's what you do? <laughs> Somebody's got to. <laughs> That's the second time today. <laughs> uh, so I was under a lot of stress and I think okay. it, it, it may be obvious. I think I've gotten a lot better, but I was an exceptionally tightly wound person. I was very driven. Mm-hmm. I was very worried about my career. Am I going to make it? How is this going to work out? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. And I was working on a bunch of things at the same time very highly stressed. And Mm -hmm. I started to feel this slight, almost like a needle, but a tiny little pinprick behind my right eye, ding, ding, ding. And it started out like that and it wasn't too painful, but just what is that? It got worse and worse and worse and started to turn into this kind of almost, I don't get headaches, but a terrible headache. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening to me. And then here's the interesting thing. In the middle of the night in this really uh, grim apartment, Mm-hmm. I wake up and I go to the bathroom mirror because I'm in a lot of pain behind yeah. my right eye. And as you may know, Priyanka, I didn't know it then, but the nerves of the face are exactly symmetrical. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so what happened was I had, it turned out that I had shingles yes. on the optic nerve behind my right eye. And what happens is all of the skin of my face on the right side was inflamed and red and looked almost like I had been burned and was sort of popping up. And it's as if if you had asked an architect or a carpenter or a graphic artist to draw an exact line down Mm -hmm. the middle of my face, exactly down the middle of my nose and down my chin, the right side was all messed up and the left side was fine. Yes. Like the Batman villain Two-Face. Yeah, like Two-Face. 
And I just want to be clear on the terminology that we use because actually it's the fifth cranial nerve that's affected, the facial nerve. It's Mm -hmm. one of the branches of the facial nerve that are impacted. The optic nerve is actually the second cranial nerve and that's that's internally. So this was the fifth cranial nerve. And yes, so it followed a classic distribution along the, what's called the V1 branch of the fifth cranial nerve. So- You know what's so great? Priyanka, I'm learning more from you from any doctor that talked to me <laughs> in night. I'm serious. No one yeah. said any of this to me. Right. Oh, no. They were like, oh my God, you're a mess. Uh, oh. but, but what happened is it got worse and worse. And I was in awful, awful pain. Yes. I have a pretty good, I'm not a complainer. I am yes. about things like, how come no one likes me? But uh-huh. when it comes to physical pain, I'm, I'm okay. How soon after you started feeling the pricks did you notice a, a, a physical change? The breakout, yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I remember it being, uh, you know, maybe 12 hours. I oh, don't so know. like that fast. It wasn't days. Well, maybe, it, I, I don't remember exactly. I don't remember exactly, but I remembered it erupting and then I'm in really bad pain and yes. it really felt like this horrible pain behind my right eye and- mm-hmm. This is really sweet. My writing partner at the time, Greg Daniels. Oh, I know Greg. Yeah, Greg Daniels, of, uh, who uh, you know, created The American Office and Parks and Recreation and King of the Hill and a million other things. He was my writing partner at the time. He came over to the apartment and saw me like literally writhing on my bed mm-hmm. with half my face looking like someone had thrown acid on it yeah. and in terrible pain. And he wanted to comfort me so he had brought over a couple of tabloids and he just read to me from the tabloids. And it was literally things like, Mel Gibson was spotted today, you know, at, at, a, at a Burger King, you know, and, and I was like going, ah, <laughs> screaming and writhing. And then he'd, he'd turn the page like an old lady and go, ah, it seems that, uh, you know, uh-huh. Joanne Worley has caused quite a fuss, you know. I love that he came over to read you that instead of offer to drive you to the hospital. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, well, what did happened you go to the was, hospital? Or? <laughs> I think I resisted the hospital at first because really? my dad's a doctor. Mm. And as you know, as you may know, when you my grow up- My dad's a doctor too. Okay. So. When you grow up and your dad's a doctor, if you have any problem, <laughs> they always say, eh, you know, probably mm-hmm. nothing. L- let's check it out again in 12 this hours. This is true. This is 100% true. Doctors, and people were always saying to me, like, when all the years that I would come to work, if I wasn't feeling quite well, like I just had the sniffles or a cold, people would always say, well, did you see a doctor? Right. Yeah, and you're like, no. It's a cold. No, I have a a cold. Priyanka, talk about, I'm just over 50, so I need to get a shingles vaccine is is what I'm told. That is not true. It's true, I know. I I play 20 to 25. Yeah. So explain, how do you get shingles? What is it? How rare is it to get behind your eye like Conan did? And where does it usually happen? It's also rare to get it at 23. If I'm correct, shingles are usually associated with being older. Yeah, the older you are, the more at risk you are of getting it. Wow. So basically, it first starts with chickenpox. And Mm -hmm. what people don't realize about chickenpox, whether you get vaccinated or you actually get the virus, is that after you recover from chickenpox, the virus actually continues to lay dormant in your nervous system. It lives in Mm -hmm. the nervous system. And when it gets reactivated in the form of stress happening in the life, stress is usually a a trigger for shingles. It gets reactivated 
at the specific nerve root that it's living at. So in Conan's case, it was living in the nerve root of the V1 branch of the fifth cranial nerve. For free, by the way, living for free. Rent free, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's how it got reactivated. So It was squatting. Conan, can I just say, you're saying your dad is a doctor and and therefore Mm -hmm. you just don't, I mean, so my entire family, my parents, their siblings, their children, my literally, if you look up the last name Wally, under California medical license, every person that comes up is related to me somehow. So you can imagine the amount of neglect that occurred for me because it was all doctors. Yeah, well, growing up, you literally had to have a giant piece of metal coming out of your lung to, (laughs) in order to get for my father to say, well, we should probably go to the hospital. Uh And it's a phenomenon that's quite known with, with doctors, you know. And so I just had that mentality. I didn't go to the hospital. Finally, I decided I should go. And I decided I should go, but I couldn't drive. So I lived... If you know, uh, it's over near La Brea, sort of near the tar pits. That's where yeah. I was living. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I walked to Cedar sinai But by this Whoa. point, it's my right eye is completely closed and I'm in a lot of pain. And all I remember is shuffling along- Oh my goodness. Third like Street, yeah. just yeah. shuffling along. And I could see in the distance. I mean, everything in LA is always, it's so flat in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I saw in the distance this blurry Cedar Sinai hospital, and I was shuffling along like a mummy <laughs> to yeah. get to Cedar Sinai. I get there, they check me out. They the guy says, "Look, you've got shingles," and I don't remember him saying it's on the V one something branch, but he said you've got and it's it's behind your eye. And he mm-hmm. said the only thing I can do for you now is pain management. And I remembered mm-hmm. him telling mm-hmm. me to lie very still. And I remembered him giving me uh, an in, some kind of injection had been in my throat. He anesthetized some nerve. Yeah, it sounds like he must have done a nerve block. Uh, he did a nerve block. Along, yeah, probably along that distribution, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so I remembered him putting this needle in and I remembered the pain turning off like someone had turned off a television. Oh, yep, wow, yep. that's he nice. just The pain just stopped. Well, then they yeah. get to this next part, which is keep in mind it's 1987. Mm-hmm. And so I sit up and he says, now I have to have a talk with you that's quite serious. And I was like, what's this all about? And he said, I just need to tell you that it's quite unusual for someone your age to get shingles. You may be immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. I think you should immediately get an AIDS test. Oh my God. And, you know, he said, you should immediately get an, an AIDS test. And, you know, at the time there wasn't a lot, you know, people were still trying to figure out, right. you know, and I was, yeah. I'm going to put this very bluntly. I am a, a heterosexual male who was not very sexually active. Let's just say <laughs> trying to be, but right. very young and six foot four, I've had 160 pounds uh-huh. uh, and a giant mop of hair on my head. Um, I had a $380 a month apartment and now half my face uh, looks like a really bad pizza marinara. And no and no responses on, on Craigslist, huh? Nothing. Wow. Nothing. <laughs> so I so the I just remembered thinking the I don't if I got if I have AIDS, I swear to God, I don't know how I got AIDS. I, <laughs> yeah. But but of course, being Irish Catholic, I thought, well, of course, God has you know punished me for even thinking about women. Right. 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 <laughs> wow. So he thought that you might have AIDS. Just no. Because- no. He just was doing the responsible thing. Was here's a young kid. He's in L. He didn't know me. He didn't right, know. Right. 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 
And so it was at the height of the epidemic. So Mm, he was doing the responsible thing of saying, uh, get an AIDS test. And then, Mm -hmm. so I, I, of course I did. And of course it didn't have a, you know, I was not HIV positive, obviously, but Mm -hmm. I remembered being in that state of mind at the time, just thinking, because I had been in so much pain, I hadn't slept, being kind of delirious. And then a guy telling you, well, I think you need to be tested for HIV and thinking, oh, yes, of course. I can only imagine how much stress you were under that you got a shingles outbreak. Did it ever happen again after that? No, but you know what? I will, this is something that maybe you can talk about, because I find it fascinating. For years afterwards, Mm -hmm. the shingles resolved itself. Yes. But easily, for almost a decade afterwards, almost a decade, maybe eight years afterwards, for eight years afterwards, whenever I was in any kind of stressful situation, like on the late night show, Mm -hmm. I would feel a ghost tingling. Wow. What is that? That's called post-herpetic neuralgia, and it affects millions of people after they get shingles. Oh my God. The shingles vaccine actually reduces the occurrence of post-herpetic neuralgia or even sometimes the duration and the severity. But that is fascinating that for years after, stress would would flare up your, your PHN. Well, what happened is that happens in 87, what's almost 88. So a couple of years later, I take over Letterman's job on late night Mm -hmm. and I'm under an incredible amount of scrutiny, Mm -hmm. stress, Mm -hmm. criticism, a uh, a lot of unkind comments from a very young Sean Hayes. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you got those. You got those? (laughs) Yeah, I did get those. Okay. You you delivered, you sent one a day. uh, Yeah, and I sent them too soon. I didn't wait the the proper time (laughs) to see if you could nail it, but you did. But uh, I remembered feeling, this is how it felt, it felt like it was tingling. Mm-hmm. I could almost, this sounds crazy. I could almost feel the strands of nerves behind yes. my eye yeah. and I could picture them because mm-hmm. I could feel them the way you can feel yeah, your fingers. Totally. Mm-hmm. I could feel like these tingly threads. It wasn't yeah. painful, mm-hmm. but I'd be hosting the talk show and in the commercial break, I'd be getting mm. these tingling things behind wow. my right eye and thinking, yeah, this is really weird. Yeah. Well, Conan, you sound more connected to your body than you give yourself credit for. Yeah. Well, that was hard to ignore. <laughs> I, I will say that. Uh, let's say, how long did I have those? For? I mean, I had those for a long time and the duration was, it would, you know, it would Tingle, 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 and you'd be like, and it would last for five minutes. But I meant, was, I meant the yeah. original, the original bout of of, of shingles. Oh, How long uh, the original bout of shingles. I think it took. I want to say it took at least. Oh, this is interesting. I knew that it was going to take a while for this to get better, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the airport, and this is back when you could like get a ticket. Mm-hmm. That, you know, in the pre, long pre 9-11 years when you could literally just go to the airport and say, hi, I want to go to Boston. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I decided I'm just going to go home and stay at my parents' house and be miserable while this resolves itself because I wasn't mm-hmm. working at the time. Right. And I- uh, And I love that they let you on a plane looking well, here's like the, half of your face is- Yeah. Well, guess what? This is what happened. And this is this is on me, but they- they have a rule on an airplane that you can't get on if you have something that, you know, could be contagious or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I I knew it wasn't contagious. I knew that I couldn't 
spread it to anybody. Isn't that true, Priyanka? I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I remember oh, in no. medical school, we were sort of told to <laughs> wash our hands oh, after God. interacting with shingle patients because those vesicles, if they somehow spread, they carry the virus in the oh, vesicles. Oh, God. That, oh, God. So I, I don't know, no, though. I, I mean, terrible. I can... have a lot of lawsuits coming your way, pal. Well, it was People's Express. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, the airline doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, you went, hey, it's shingles. Pass it yeah. on. No, no. Yeah. What happened is the woman who was taking the ticket said, are you okay? And I said, I was in a motorcycle accident. <laughs> Oh, wow. and, she, that, and I looked so bad that she believed me. I'm sure. I, was able, oh, wow. I was able to get on the plane. So yeah. uh, that is hilarious. The risk it would be to people that never had chicken pox before. That would be the risk. You know, most people that are flying in adults, most have been vaccinated and whatnot. So I also put a fish tank over my head for the flight. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> okay. That would have helped Wait, too. so can Conan get shingles again or that's it? Yeah. Yeah. So once you experience shingles, you always have a risk of getting shingles again and as you get older, the risk goes up. So Conan, did you get, uh, I, I don't know how old you are, but usually when people are 50 or older, they get the shingles vaccine. So yeah, no, uh, my plan is, I mean, I've got a few years, but when I do turn 50, <laughs> Sean, why are you laughing? I'm laughing because you're so funny, Conan O'Brien. You're just so funny. I am 58 years old. So did you get it? Well, my doctor spoke to me about this not long ago and said, I want you to get the shingles vaccine. Mm -hmm. And so I said, let's do it. And mm -hmm. he gave it to me. And what I remember is that it really hurt. Like- Yeah, it does hurt. It hurts more than yeah. most vaccines. Yeah. Oh, I mean, really? I think it hurt more than my, it hurt more than my COVID vaccine. Really? Yeah, yeah. it hurts for a few days, yeah. But That's I did okay. get the shingles but, but, vaccine. But the pain of the vaccine is less than the pain of getting oh, shingles itself. Let me let me get the word out. I'll do the PSA. Okay. Get the shingles <laughs> vaccine. You yeah. do not want shingles. And yes, I just said it hurts, but hurts for a day and a half. Yeah. And you feel like someone punched you, uh, you know, punched you with their knuckle in the arm. But so what? Yeah. Shingles is not, it's not something you want. And here's the thing about where you got shingles. It is sight-threatening. Like, you could have lost your eyesight from this. No one told me that. No one okay, told me yeah, that. Okay, yeah, it needs to be taken very seriously. Can I tell you one thing? That when the yeah. guy was giving me, when I was lying on that table in, you know, uh, in the hospital, he said, I'm going to put this nerve blocker. And I think it, I was, remember it being like somewhere in my throat. And he said, you have to remain very still uh -huh. because I'm going to be near your carotid artery. Uh -huh, <laughs> yeah. Did I Jesus. make that up or is that true? You know, I'd have to review the anatomy of where the cranial nerve actually kind of enters, but- You mean you yeah, didn't review? You didn't review? <laughs> Prior the I, prior I, to this I, I, interview, I must have missed that in my prep. Excuse me, are you in your shower right now? <laughs> yes. No, this is my um, Japanese shade. Yeah, it looks like you put an office chair in the shower. That's what exactly know, what it, it looks really like. It does not does. look like a. It does not look like a Japanese. She's shade. always on the go. She's got a lot going on. She's got a shower during the podcast. So, Conan, you're very, very fortunate that um, you know a you haven't received another bout of shingles since then. Two, your eyesight was spared. Were you prescribed any antiviral medications at the time? I don't remember. Yeah. It's too okay. long ago. And as I yeah. as Sean has made very clear, I'm a very old man. Yeah. Mm. It's, I, I'm surprised you're still up. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to play our game now, and I'm okay. so happy you're okay with the shingles, but let's play the game. Wait, one one last question. Was this the worst pain you ever felt in your life, Conan? Yes. Yes. No. Okay, yes. got it. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Let's play the game now. All right. Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. You're each going to get three questions each. And if you don't get it right, depending on the answer, I'll give a half point for creativity. Sean, you're going to go up first. Name a hormone that is involved in the sympathetic nervous system that causes blushing. Uh, uh, it's also called flushing, right? Like when you... Right? When, when you it, feel flushed, sure, yeah. blush, when your skin is flushed. Yeah, name a hormone. It's involved in the sympathetic nervous system I'm never and it causes blushes. Do you want to take a guess? Well, sympathetic is stomach, right? Uh, no, sympathetic is, it's a nerve. It's oh, it's part a, of the nervous system. There's sympathetic, parasympathetic. A thyroid, I don't know. Okay, that's a gland. So the answer is, uh-huh. I, I'll take epinephrine <laughs> or norepinephrine as the answer is. Yeah. Okay, She's next a great question. writer. This is for Sean. Which famous actor helped give Conan the nickname Coco? Oh, I know this. Uh, oh, uh, Tom Hanks. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, on the television show Will and Grace, your character Jack bought a scooter off eBay because it was autographed by which famous singer? It was, it was autographed by Ricky Martin. That's correct. Sean. Yeah, oh my God, I can't You got that. two questions. Okay. Can I just say that's the kind of quiz a neurologist gives you? That's right. <laughs> it was a lot of t- like, because yeah. he was in that show. So that's I, a lot of like, no. now it's very you, meta. You don't understand. That's like the first one I've gotten right of my of any Will and Grace question oh. ever. Yeah. Wow. You're not and, a fan, clearly. I'm surprised they didn't ask you these questions, Conan, when they were doing your physical for your shingle eye. <laughs> shingle eye? I love they that. did. Will and yeah. Grace was still like 20 years from from being on the air, but they did ask a lot of Will and Grace questions. I'm sure, yeah. All right, Conan, are you ready? It's your turn. Yes, of course. Okay. What chemical produced by the body is counteracted by a class of drugs called antihistamines? Uh, Say uh, one more time, please. What chemical produced by the body is counteracted by the class of drugs called antihistamines? Uh, That would uh, be uh, adrenaline. No, Actually, can I can I guess? What is the what? Sean? It's histamine. So that's correct. It is histamine. Yes, that's yeah. correct. No, okay, I think it's. Excuse me. <laughs> the New England Journal of Medicine and Lancet <laughs> both are split on this. They have uh-huh. said that. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Second question. You follow one person on Twitter. Her name is Sarah Lyons, formerly Killen. What are the two things she likes that you revealed on Twitter? What? Who is this person? Oh God, I. It's been so long. Uh, sunny day, sunny days and unicorns. We're talking about <laughs> 2009. I don't remember. Okay, the answer is she likes peanut butter and gummy dinosaurs. Okay, wait, who is this person? I randomly chose a totally random person to follow on Twitter, and that's still the only person I follow. And that oh, was, really? Yeah, yeah, really. Just one that, was, that was 11 years ago. And oh wow. Uh, yeah, um, but I don't, if I, I'm going to tell you this, if I knew the answer to that question, you should be very worried about okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair right. enough. Okay, when you spoke at the 2013 White House Correspondents' Dinner, you revealed who would play which politician in a fictitious miniseries. Who did you say would play Supreme Court Justice John Roberts? 
Mm. Oh my God. I remember it got a huge laugh because, yeah. well, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, look uh, at you. Yeah, look at me. I have no idea. It's just, I mean, it's asking Picasso, remember this sketch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, that you did on a napkin? Sure. I mean, I'm sorry. The body of work is just, enormous. Just, you know, okay. it's so just, it's, it's ridiculous. You yeah. Know? All right. Hey, well, Michelangelo, then... remember yeah. this, this little angel that you scribbled? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I don't. Hey, Maya Angelou, what about that one piece of advice you gave somebody? Yeah, yes, it's the same thing. Thank you. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, the answer is Buzz Lightyear. Okay, so... <laughs> That's funny. Actually, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Sean, you won the game today. Yeah. I well, This is a miracle upon miracle. Not only did I win, I annihilated. I cannot believe this. Can I also be honest? I think Sean has beat me in life. No. I, I think... Yes, no. oh yes. Oh, I've yes. been to I've been to your house and I've met your wife and your children. You have those an, were, that was not my house and those those were not my <laughs> wife. I hired those people. Uh-huh. That, that house I Airbnb'd that house. I wanted Just to for impress, that one night. Yeah. I, this is like an old sitcom plot where someone told their uncle in England they're rich and then they come to visit and they have to ask all their friends to pretend to be butlers. <laughs> no. I made all that up. I, I love Got Conan it. O'Brien. Thank you for being here. Thank you for wanting Thank to be you. here. Thank you for sharing your story. You're always so kind to me. I love you very much. I love you too, Sean. And Priyanka, it was very nice talking to you. And I love that you know all this stuff. I'm so impressed with people that know things. Thank we you. Have this, oh, we have well, this, thank you. No, Sean, this is, this is for Priyanka. We, oh, have this cult, we have this culture that, that <laughs> you know, for some reason values the foolishness and the craziness of, say, a, a Sean Hayes or a Conan sure. O'Brien. You know stuff. And I find that to be uh, incredibly cool. Thank you so much, Conan. I just need to say, when I was in high school applying to college, I looked up to you so much. I actually remember telling my high school self, I was like, I need to follow Conan's trajectory. I'm going to apply to Harvard, get into Harvard, write for the Harvard Lampoon, and then I'm going to follow his career. Oh, that's cool. And then get shingles. Yeah, I'm going to get shingles and everything. Uh I looked up to you so much. And then, of course, I got rejected from Harvard, and I was like, all right, well, med school, here it is. So, Yeah, well, I think you're... Proof of the thing I've said time and time and time again that no school is Hogwarts. People people always think there's a magical school for them. So uh-huh. true. And, I, and I'm always telling them, no, it's just not true. Everybody thinks there's one school to go to and there's just millions of schools. And if you've got what it takes, which you clearly do, you can do anything. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love that. Conan, thank you for being thank here. You so You're the much. best. Okay, I love talking to you guys. Good luck with the podcast and I'll see you around. That's see my sign off. Thank you, Pally. Bye-bye. Bye. Isn't he great? Oh, man. I love him. Boy, were we lucky to have him come talk to us about his ocular shingles. He makes you laugh so hard. Great historian, by the way. Yeah. Just recounting. He knew all the details. Yeah. What a brain. Yeah. What a brain. Exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. He, With he, a shingle eye. A shingle eye. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I've known him for a long time and he's always so lovely and kind and uh, just so so fast so witty I love it yeah this was amazing you know I hope Sean now you are a little more encouraged and ready to get the shingles vaccine it's, yes. a two, it's two shots by the way yeah how far yeah. apart oh I can't remember like you have know. to wait a week or two weeks or three weeks or something like that oh two to six months Two to six months. Yeah, it's yeah, oh, separated wow. by two to six months. Yeah. All right. So then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do it and then You're I'm gonna, gonna do, do it, it again in two months. 
Yeah. And then we'll talk about how much pain you were in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I love blah, it. Blah, blah, blah. But anyways, yes, Conan O'Brien, amazing. Amazing. What a great interview. You know, so excited. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't Thank worry. You. Be healthy. See Bye. you later. Bye. Hypochondriactor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Lior Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.